Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, how are you? So, welcome to episode 61. Episode 61 is a masterclass. Mizo and I had this insane realization that um, we haven't talked about COVID at all. So if you've just joined us, welcome to episode 61 of the Property Magicians Podcast. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. Um, I'm the host of the show. Find me under Vangile Makwakwa on Instagram and Twitter and under Wealthy Money on uh, Facebook. Welcome to my co-host. I am Dr. Mizo, Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom on all the platforms on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter. So welcome to episode 61. We've got the craziest <laughs> podcast. We decided let's talk about things that we don't normally have time to delve into detail about, right? And we get these questions all the time. Of yeah. course, I'm a property mentor for beginners. I get yeah. these questions all the time. Yeah. And as we learn, as we grow our individual uh, property portfolios, we find that there are these questions, these things that no one writes about, no one asks you. Everyone, then I wrote a, a little nugget on my, on my platforms that everyone says they are into property. Into property. <laughs> Into property in inverted commas is not the same as property investment. Yeah. That's why we are doing this podcast, really, because we are property investors. We are Mm. not just into property. Into property, you can go and view some, a few houses, you know, (laughs) have fun. (laughs) So when you are a property investor, there are things that you need to know about and really delve into them. So we really want to share some nuggets with you today. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm also wow guys, property <laughs> is a science I am learning. And yeah. so Misa shared a story with one of her mentees how she didn't want this mentee to buy a property because <laughs> it only makes 509 rand a month in profits. In so profit. we thought we will take you guys through that deal. This is called deal analysis. Right. So I want you guys to we really want you guys to uh, get out your pens. Yeah. (laughs) Pens and paper. And then Misa is going to walk us through the numbers and then we're going to talk about how we analyze these numbers and decide if a property is a great property. Because, wow, like I'm also going to share my story (laughs) right now with the property that I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) But after this deal analysis, when we got into our risk mitigation section, there's a a lot. Like, Misa, I don't know. Like, we're so used to, oh, I see this property. It looks beautiful. Oh, it looks nice. It's in the right neighborhood. It's near the schools. It's near this. Of course, people are going to rent it out. And then we go and we go and we buy the property. We buy it. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so there's Mm -hmm. been no deals analyzed there's been no looking at the properties in depth so 
Without further ado, tell us the numbers. What should we be looking at when we get that Lightstone report or whatever report, to be honest? <laughs> whatever report, really, when, when you've done a windy, we, we get excited about, about the amount of money that we are pre-qualified for at the bank. Yeah. Then that's the first thing that happens. And because we pre-qualify for 700000 and then we go and find a deal for 520000 and you think, actually, it's cheap, but it's not cheap until you've done a deal analysis. Another nugget of mine was, please do not do the deal analysis in your head. See it, <laughs> feel it. <laughs> See it, feel it. Because, and everything that I say, by the way, I'm talking to myself and I'm talking to my co-host, Bangile, because as a property investor, you, seem, you think you yeah. got this. You know, yeah. you got this and you really don't until you see this the Excel spreadsheet. Number yeah. two, the mentees do not ask for rates and taxes and the electricity. We run away from the actual things that cost money, mm. right? No, it's 580,000, yeah. right? And the rental is 7,700. You see, Dr. Miranda, it's cash flowing because um, my monthly repayments are going to be just like 5,500 roundabout. And yeah. I don't talk about roundabout when I talk to mentees. So let's do this one. So here's a property. It's a seven bedroom um, mm -hmm. home that has, and um, it is listed at 500 and let's see the actual. Yeah, it's listed at 580,000. It's got seven rooms and the rental money collected out of that is 7,700, which means... Okay, so Miso, slow down. We're doing numbers. You need to give us time. So I'm also going to be <laughs> writing down this, writing this down because I haven't done the still, a deal analysis with you. So let's start. Yeah. So what are the numbers? So he... So my mentee is excited. The, 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 the listed price is 580000 So, oh my God, it already sounds good. Listed price. It is good, right? It's less than wow. a million. I pre-qualified for 700000 I'm good. So this is a seven-bedroom home. No um, way. Been, it's been cut up into bachelor units and it's fully tenanted. You see, Dr. Miranda? It's great. <laughs> and they are collecting rentals of 1,100. Those people have been there for over four years, each one of those tenants. Great. So right? the, the rental has never been, does it increase? Does it not increase? It doesn't have a clue, but the assumption is that that rent hasn't been increased. And this is COVID year, definitely not uh, been increased. Not the right time to increase it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. another thing that we have to talk about is that- We will. Oh, this is COVID guys. So yeah. let us not work on the fact that the rent will increase by 10% every month. Um, every year, sorry, every year. Year. you're not gonna do that. Maybe and for the next two years, we have a rental years. freeze. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now, so so you've got a rental of one thousand one hundred from each one of the units. So seven thousand seven hundred in total. Yeah. Okay. That's it, and then and then I ask the the questions. I'm like, okay, so is this um, are the units uh, fully metered? 
are they paying their own electricity or does the landlord pay the electricity? She says, no, um, forgot to ask. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> okay. So let's say they are, they, they've got an electricity uh, a meter, mm. but that means you still are going to pay rates and taxes. Can you phone the agent and ask what are the rates and taxes for that house? She didn't know what the rates and taxes are. I had to look it up on Lightstone and figure it out. On Lightstone, the municipality- Wait, the agent didn't know this? The agent doesn't know. Oh. Or she's oh. refusing with it. Or the agent, remember then, the agents are not property investors. They are selling the, and some of them are not even concentrating. All they know is that they are an agent between buyer seller. Most of them, they don't even know why you're asking these critical questions. Sure. So you Let never get anything. Let me tell you, I have just had an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how it, you have to fight. I mean, I, I use a word, I use a word that is used in Corsa that you have to dig into Uyabarumba to get a rate and taxes, really, because they have no understanding of what we're talking about right okay. okay then so rates and taxes i look it up what's the value of the house what is the municipality charging them on rates and taxes and it turns out they're charging something like 430 bucks or something like that okay awesome now when you're doing a deal analysis i make them all put in five percent for maintenance because you have to keep some money for the rainy day what happens when a geezer bursts on you, you still have to pay the insurance. You still have to pay the guy that's coming to mm. fix that geezer, isn't it? Fair so enough. you build in 5% of maintenance. Okay, so have you got a caretaker or a yard cleaner or what happens with a yard cleaner? Hadn't thought of that. I'm like, okay, so put in 500 rands there for the caretaker. So is and this, then, are you putting in, are you doing the caretaker with the 5% of maintenance? No, no. Lisa, let's backtrack because we're dueling with numbers. So people are trying to figure out what it is that the 5%, okay. is it 5% of what? 5% 5, of the rental. In 5% of your rental money must go to maintenance. That okay. means you have got a kitty that you keep in your property company's bank because God. it will happen. It's not a, if it happens, it is things will happen. A window will break, mm. a geezer will break. Yeah. Uh, one tenant will, will walk away with your lock and you have to fit in a new lock with a new key. Like stupid things like that. If yeah. you've got a student accommodation, they eat up furniture for some reason. I have no idea why students do that. <laughs> I, I have but, ideas. I was that student, but <laughs> like you're partying all the time. Like, oh, students are like that. So, okay, so that's right. You've got 5% of maintenance, guys. And if you're following, uh, following, uh, don't worry, yeah. I'm doing the calculations for us because Miso is just going, right? Yeah. So it's 385 rand. So put it down. Yeah. So remember yeah. your 
rental income is seven thousand seven hundred. Seven seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then your rates and taxes are four hundred and thirty rand per month. Yes. Your maintenance is three hundred and eighty-five rand per month. And then exactly. we've got the gardener and caretaker who's about five hundred rand per month. Five hundred rands per month. Okay. With, if you yeah, are a clever yeah. kid, if you are a clever landlord as well, you could as well ask one of the tenants in the seven rooms to mm-hmm. say, "Five, can you please take care of the yard? I will give you a discount on the rent." So you do take out that five hundred anyway somehow. Anyway, from you. I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you've got vacancy rate, vacancy rate of five percent, three to five percent in residential areas is a reasonable amount to put down there. Okay, please tell us why we have the vacancy rate. Tenants are going to move out, isn't it? Tenants yeah. will walk away because they can't afford anymore. Tenants will move away because now they are having a baby, so it's not enough for them to live in a bachelor flat. They are mm. a couple. There's pram and baby to 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 wash somewhere, so they will move out. Mm. So you build in your vacancy rate all the time because also, when it becomes vacant today, there's no guarantee that in the next thirty days you will have True. a tenant. Yeah. Right. So you are building in a five percent. Again, what does that five percent of the rental go? It sits in your account of the property management company, right? Because yeah. that's exactly why you need to do the calculation inside of a spreadsheet. Uh, whatever tool you use i mustn't say excel spreadsheet whatever tool you use every everyone has got their own yeah okay so So. my my mentee is proud of 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 themselves they have calculated that they have got a purchase price of five hundred and eighty thousand. the attorney fees do you know where to get the attorney fees by the way guys uber There there is an uber app that you download from your app store or your play store if you are using an android and in the uber you all those calculations are done what i like about the uber is that for the south african setting because we've got set amounts of monies that we pay for bond registration mm-hmm. attorney fees so the uber is really constructed for the south african market right nice. so you yeah, you go into your Uber. It's got three divisions. So Ooh, can we also it? just spell out Uber for everyone? So guys, just Absolutely. in case, because I'm thinking, oh my God, U B E R Uber taxi. You know, <laughs> but guys, it's O O B A. So if you go online into yes. your app store, you can get the app, and it's O O B A. It's the Uber Home app. Loans. It's green, and it will say Uber Home Loans. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Thanks, man. That's such a good idea. <laughs> I've forgotten about Uber. So we've got Uber, and yeah. in the Uber, you can actually have all sorts of things that you can calculate affordability, yeah. bond repayments calculator. But what we use is the third element of the Uber, which mm. which says bond and transfer cost calculator. Yeah. That's what you use. To calculate, you are going to put the five hundred and eighty thousand there, and okay. it spews out the number, the amount of money that you need for you to get that house or to have it successfully transferred. And the transfer cost for this one in attorney fees is thirty-eight thousand 
797. Have you got that then? Mm, yes, 38,797.50. So guys, often I think that the thing I know with my first ever property that I bought, um, and even with the second property, like I constantly forgot. I think I made a conscious effort to always forget that on top of the cost was these transfer fees, you know, because I actually, they make me feel some type of way, but hey, let's just continue with that. So we've got the transfer cost. And now next, Mizo. Wonderful. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, we've got the transfer cost. And then what is and, next? And why do we what need the next? transfer cost when we're calculating our monthly, like our monthly cash flow measle? Like, these are things that happen. I pay this cost once off. Why are you making me calculate it? Then, mm, <laughs> such a good question, right? So I wonder if my, yeah I wonder if I had explained to anyone for every property that you buy you need to calculate in into your deal what you are spending on the when we say I'm all in on a property what do you mean how much money from your pocket from the bank what do you need because otherwise how do you how do you calculate the cost to income ratio? How much money did I spend? How much back am I getting back? Because, you know, even if you sell apples, right? A yes. box of apples, if it's a hundred rands and you are going to sell each apple at 10 cents, 10 cents, 10 cents. If it gives you back hundred rands again, have you made a profit? No. Are you running a business? No. You see what I'm telling you? Yeah. So I find that no one teaches us that then and no one yeah. explains to us in detail that the cost of buying anything the cost that you spend on buying your cell phone and putting in airtime in data are you getting your back out of it yes. and that's how you calculate whether your business is a viable business will it be here in 10 years remember why we mm -hmm. are in property investment yeah. we are in here for wealth creation Yes. Wealth creation means you must be cash flowing. You must yes. be positively cash flowing, yes. significantly cash, cash flowing so that you can build this wealth for your kids and your children's mm. children and your children's children's children. Mm. Right. Mm. Okay. So what are you all in? The cost of getting this property is what? That's why you calculate the attorney's fees. Yes. And then we were banking on um, the bank or whoever asking for a deposit of 10%. So 10% okay. of the purchase price. This time. Yes. So deposit. Yes. So guys, yes. that will be a deposit of 58,000 rand. So Absolutely. ready out of pocket, you're coming out with 50,000 rand 
plus the 38,797. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so because all of this is input into your Microsoft Excel sheet, you know, it spews out numbers. You can have a look. And that's the reason why we do that deal analysis. Remember, the listed price is not necessarily the price you're going to buy it. It's just the listed price. Mm. 500, it's a listed price. Yeah. That means at your offer to purchase, you'll have done this process that we are going through. Yeah. And you will have calculated how much you are going to get out. Yeah. And you're thinking, no, 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 Mr. Seller, I don't want to pay 580000 Maybe I want to pay 550000 Okay. And then you go and repeat on another column exactly the, the same calculations, 550000 minus all these things that mm -hmm. I have put in. The rental remains 7700 But if I buy it at 550000 maybe I'm going to go into get more. That's what we do. Okay. So we'll do that, all right? So um, let's work with the 580,000 if you buy it at 580,000 and then let's yeah. go to an extreme of maybe you get it at 500,000 from the sale of this is 580,000. How does that change the numbers, especially because it will change the attorney fees, it will change the deposit, but also what does it do for your monthly income? So now income. we've got all this. We're working on the assumption that you're going to pay 580000 80, So what is And then bond? the last thing that I want you to put in the band that I had forgotten was that this particular property was not very well taken care of. The mm -hmm. doors were falling apart. So you see that the main team would have had to do some refurbishment. And mm -hmm. we took a plus minus 50000 refurbishment cost so mm. that is another cost that you put in there oh, wow. because the doors were falling apart okay. then the ceiling in two of the units was leaking and ceiling means the roof something is going on there someone mm. needs to go up there there were tiles missing and Yo. the bathrooms needed a bit of attention she the mentee said not too much but there there you were mm. so it was it was a hell of a cost right yeah. And um, but we like so when it. We the price is 580,000. It's seven bedrooms, it's bachelor units, it's the multi let that we've been talking about on the property podcast. We love it. Yes, it, we love it, it. looks good, it works <laughs> like it could be a good deal, right? Yeah, and then here's another cost that you put in. Don't forget, everything needs to go on the spreadsheet. So we, we added every amount that we're going to, 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 to borrow from the bank after we paid attorney fees, 10% of the, of, the, of, the, of the deposit. So we're going to borrow something like 610,797. I think that's what it came to, okay. what we're going to borrow from the bank. Uh, because of the refurbishment costs? Because of the refurbishment costs, 50,000. But what's worse was that we worked out at a rate that we were at in March, which is uh, 10% 10, 10%, 10 yeah. of the loan yeah. plus 
3%, because it was in an area where it was um, possible to be funded by TAF. Yeah. I told her, let's work at the worst interest rate, 10 plus 3% interest rate. Okay. Um, and, and when you work it in there, it, it does things to your, it really does things to your numbers. <laughs> it it's does, not, as my <laughs> brother would say, it's disrespectful. It it's like very the numbers, disrespectful. The numbers it does. become very disrespectful. Okay. No, no, no. It, it looks horrible. <laughs> okay, so I like that. So what we're going to do yeah. is we're going to add the refurbishment cost. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to work with everybody on this, right? Guys, okay. let's do this together, especially because it's a mm. podcast. I'm, I, oh, my God. I'm, can you tell I'm so excited by this? Like this is a yeah, you like numbers. I do. It's, I love numbers. It's, it's the worst for me because it used to give me, and this is very important because I share this with my mentees that it turns my stomach every time I do numbers. It's not my strongest point. I was very good at math, but numbers of money that I must pay somehow give me an, a visceral effect. You know, I mm. get shortness of breath. I get lumps in my throat. I get all sorts of Even things. with Vanilla the bank account challenge. It. And I used yeah. to be like that, right? And we work yeah. on this so much in the Money Magic course. I'm so glad yeah. that you're bringing this up, Mizo. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we work on yeah. it so much. Because if you don't work on it, we will, com- yeah. we will constantly be stuck. Because... The yeah. big numbers, especially when you get to the millions, it will it will keep you in your track so that you don't yeah. take action because now you're thinking, yo, how am I going to pay back this money every month? Exactly. Who's going to give me this money? But here's why we're doing the deal analysis because what Mizo and I want to show you guys in today's podcast is it's not the end of the world, right? You run through yeah. the numbers. If they don't make sense, you ditch them or you go and you give a new price under which the numbers make sense, you know? Makes That's sense. where mm-hmm. you have investors. That's how investors get there. This is how investors get to their bare minimum to say, I will not pay more than this for this deal, no yeah. matter what, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. and so, not so be, important. And not be afraid to walk away. Yes. Right? Don't be afraid to walk away. And when people, that's the other thing. It is a poverty, poverty thing that makes Mm. us think we'll never come across another deal like this. Mm. You will. Yes, you you will. (laughs) Trust me, you will. (laughs) Because (laughs) there are so many deals, not because properties are cheap, but there are so many deals in the very, very vicinity where Mm. you are you are meant to do this deal analysis on paper. So then without wasting too much time, because we've got the risk mitigation to do, I'll give you- So I just wanted us to go through that, right? So I added 580 plus 50,000, less the 58,000 that the bank wants you to put down. Down, yes. Which ends up being, so what you're going to end up actually getting from the bank is actually 572,000 rand. Exactly. So let's say that we're going, let's not even complicate it more with like with like 10% plus 3. 10% or what? Uh, yeah. Let's just say you're going to pay 10% of that. So your monthly income, to your monthly payment to the bank yeah. will become 5,720 rand. 700, yes. Let's just 
take it that. It's yeah. seven five thousand seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah, five thousand seven hundred. So that's your mm -hmm. monthly repayment to the bank. Yeah. Okay. But then you still have to pay their rates and taxes, isn't it? Yes. Remember. So yeah, there's a rate and taxes for four thirty, the five percent yeah. uh, maintenance, the gardener, yeah. the vacancy rate, yeah. and then we're gonna calculate everything. You made us calculate yeah. the attorney fees. What do we do with attorney fees? So guys, how we got to how much we're paying the bank, right? Let me just mm -hmm. backtrack a little. Was we took the listed price, we said, what is the bank wanting us to pay as a deposit? So we assumed 58,000, which is 10% of 580,000 Rand, right? Exactly. Then we added the refurbishment cost of 50,000 Rand. Right. Yeah. And that is how we then ended up with um, five, uh, 572,000 rand in total that we need yeah. to borrow from the bank. Then we just yeah. said, well, let's assume that the bank wants us to pay back, uh, pay 5,700 rand on that loan, which is usually what exactly. they ask for. So what that's usually what what you're looking at it's like a percentage of it's one percent of whatever the full loan is the bond you'll is paying. you'll be paying every month right so absolutely. if you're getting lost with the numbers that's it uh we don't want you getting lost so now Mizo also did have us uh calculate the attorney fees what do we do with the attorney fees you don't add them to the to the to the bond thing and to what the bank the banks normally never pay us pay the attorney fees for us mm -hmm. unless you are in absolute good terms with your banks i have yes. heard people who have alternate ways of getting the bank to actually pay the transfer costs for them they've been who lucky but <laughs> i'm telling you but but the reason why you are in in this podcast is that you find out that there are nine or 10 alternative ways of financing yeah. a property, right? Yeah. And part of the financing of the property is getting to a level where you have got this relationship at your bank or your financier or, yeah, at your financier, whoever that is, to pay the transfer costs. And you know you've built it into mm. the, you've built it into the amount and then you are going to pay this person back. There's all sorts of ways of cutting this cake. I love property for this reason. Yeah. So the attorney fees are for your cost. So there is the attorney fees that you have to think about all the time. And yeah. I want you to keep that in mind that the Uber number is your number. Own yes. it. The Uber number is your number. It talks to your bank account directly. The rest yes. of the deal you use other people's money, which means mm. the bank's money. All yes. you need to do is attorney fees, deposit. That's yours. And then we move. Okay. And I love this. So okay. how much have you got there, Ben? <laughs> okay. So let me do the calculation. So guys, it's 7,700 less the rates and taxes, 430 rand. Less mm -hmm. the maintenance, uh, which is uh, 385 Rand. Less exactly. your gardener and a caretaker, which is 500 Rand. 100. Mm -hmm. Less your vacancy rate of 385. 380. 
mm-hmm. less your monthly uh, repayment to the bank, which is five thousand seven hundred. Thousand seven hundred. It's actually mm-hmm. three hundred rand profit. It's flowing from this property that looked amazing. I mean, it's seven bedrooms, and it's like seven studio. Apartments, apartments yeah. at five hundred and eighty thousand rand. This is, this is no, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. It okay. is ridiculous. Now let's talk about that. Then, is the is the property cash flowing? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. But it's cash flowing at three hundred rands. And my issue about that. Okay, okay, so Misa, we lost you just uh, for a few seconds there. You were saying that um, the property is cash flowing at 300 Rand, but your issue about that is what exactly? I mean, it's positive <gasps> cash flowing, Misa, like anything over <laughs> one Rand, one dollar is amazing. Indeed. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. I mustn't argue about whether it's cash flowing or not. It is positive yeah. cash flowing as well, then. That's, yeah. that's absolutely. But mm. it's a luxury to want to cash flow at 300 rands because here's the problem. Yeah. When tenant number four at room four moves out on the 14th of November 2020 yeah. and you're not going to get a tenant until January or February the 1st, sure. you have got now 1,100 short. Yes. That you need to pay for. Yes. You are where are you going to get the money for the rates and taxes? But if two of them have lost their job and they're like, Mr. Landlord, Miss Landlord, I've lost my job, don't want to cause any problems, I'm out of here. If two mm-hmm. of them move out, you're still left with a multi-let with five tenants, but the 5,500 of the rent now doesn't even pay the bond in full. Sure. Now you need money for rates and taxes. Now you don't have money for maintenance. And the geezer on the 24th of December, because geezers are disrespectful like that. (laughs) On the 24th of December. And then you've got, let's say you are insured. If you are insured with with, with one of the big banks or you are insured with whoever you are insured with, they want an excess of 500 rands. It's all out of pocket from you. Right. This is why deal analysis must be done on paper. This is why any cash flow cannot go. It cannot. It has to be cash flow that mitigates the risk for you, the landlord. Because what are are you? You are not into property. You are a property investor, and your business must be cash flowing sensibly, and Mm. therefore. I don't know whether you're going to buy that property or renegotiate it down or do something totally creative, but that's what we do in property. I hope we've, you know, put it in a bit of Swati and Zwana here. <laughs> we sure have, Mizo, we sure have. Yes, okay. Mizo, I love what you just said. Like we put it into Swati and Zwana and it just made sense, guys. <laughs> like, this is why we started this podcast though because i cannot blame your mentee for seeing this deal and everything just seems 
perfect. It's so doable, right? Now let's go down to, let's make this deal. Let's say that we, the landlord, like the seller goes, yes, I'll take it for, you can take it for 480,000 rand, right? So guys, the numbers all stay the same, except the monthly repayment to the the bank. So we're still going to have a 50,000 rand refurbishment. So let's go through this one again and see if this is how uh, people decide, how investors decide this is their bare minimum of what they're going to pay. We don't know. We're just trying different numbers, right? So we're like, okay, 480,000 rand. And then we need to borrow money for refurbishment. So let's say 50,000 rand still. But then the banks now want a smaller deposit of us, which is 48,000 rand, which is 10%, right? So we do 480,000 plus 50,000 less the the 48,000, which is 10% of the new purchase price, right? So now we're going to assume that the bank wants a monthly repayment of yeah. 4,800 4, rand a month instead of the 5,700. We're going to mm. run through the numbers again. So now okay. you can look at it and say 7,700 your income less yes. the maintenance again at 385 rand less the caretaker at 500 rand caretaker 500 mm-hmm. less vacancy at 385 and then now we're going to uh, subtract 4800 is that all the numbers yes i do believe oh did i put in the rates and taxes i think i did and then now the numbers shift rates and taxes did i i think i yes i put in everything give us give it to us no yes give it to us then I've got 3,000 something. I'm looking at everything. I have 1,630 after everything. Yeah. Yeah. So now this deal suddenly seems a lot more attractive just by changing the purchase price. The purchase price. Because remember what I said. The listed price that you find on all these platforms, your property Mm. 24 and stuff, your listed price is not necessarily what you're going to buy with. Because when you're a property investor, what do you do? Negotiate. You do deal analysis and you go and negotiate based on what makes sense to you. Mm. What I would love is if I've got 1,300 at the end, okay, that mitigates my risk a bit. If yeah. tenant number four at, at, at room number four moves out, can you see I still have rental yes. to cover him? Yes. That means at least I can afford one person moving out just for one month, just yes. for one month. You are only just making it. But yeah. that's how you think about investment. Mm. You are only just making it. But if you go on to month number two, you are going to go into distress because now maintenance costs, how are you saving and where are you making money? What kind of a business is this? Why are you running a business where you're not making money? And remember what is, sorry Mm -hmm. to interrupt, Nizo, even if tenant number four moves out for two months, 
that you're losing 1,100 a month. Out Thank of you. that, so let's say that out of the 1,630, you're yeah. losing uh, 1,100. 100. And then you're, you still months. have about 530 rand profit left over. To play with. As yeah. opposed to when you had the 300, 300 rand. Yeah. You're at a loss from the jump. From the jump. This is what I do with mentees and sometimes they laugh at me because we i've got a 16 week program where mm -hmm. i see you every two weeks but yeah. on every one of the weeks once we start deal analysis the yeah. last four sessions we do whatever we are doing and go back to deal analysis mm -hmm. we do a repeater just like yes. you would do in grade four you know when sure. you are being taught math let's do the multiplication table over and yeah. over because we tend to forget to put all the costs. You're like, oh, eh, this deal sounds great. And the agent said it's mm -hmm. cash flowing at blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, the agents will tell you cash flowing. They don't know what cash yeah. flowing is. They are telling you rental income. Yes. And rental yes. income must subtract all these percentages we've been mm -hmm. talking about for you to say you are cash flowing at, because that's sure. the other thing. It's this language, Ben, of cash flow, profit, that people yes. don't understand what we are talking about. You asked yeah. me a great question that I want you to tell people about the cost to income ratio or rate of return, rate of what? Rate of investment. Yes, a return on investment. So return I would on say, investment. Can you mm -hmm. please tell us what that is and why that is important? And let's calculate it together, guys. Like I, you know, I keep thinking, wow, this this podcast today is a full class. Yeah. I can't wait it for is. us to do master classes just on this. Yeah. But that's the thing. Return on investment means how much have I put into this into this deal? Mm. And how much am I getting? Yes. Because return on investment is the number that is so easy. You can calculate it as you are standing with the agent right there mm. because you want to know how much have I, yeah, how much is the income that comes from it? And how much am I going to get out of it? But what I do with my mentees as well, then, is I give you a ready-made template so that, and most of the property tools really come with that rate of return already yes. calculated in. Remember, you paid the attorney fees. Yes. Remember, you raised the money for for uh deposit the 10 percent yeah let's go back to the original attorney fees of thirty-eight thousand and fifty-eight thousand. let's do yeah. that yeah <sighs> so that isn't that the money that you have put in yes. that's what it costs you to get a property of five hundred and eighty thousand. that's mm. your that's mm. your cost so guys when we hear people like i'm thinking of how some of our um, guests have come on and said, oh, I just put the money that I needed, that the bank needed onto a credit card. I got a credit card that was uh, maxes at 80,000 Rand. This is what they mean. They're putting the deposit and they're putting the transfer costs onto the credit card, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and some of, them, some of them use the language that says, I was all in 
for 78,000, for instance, mm. for this particular deal. That's what it would look like, right? I was yeah. all in for 78,000. 88,000, in fact. 88,000. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is 58,000. Okay. 58,000 and, and the 38,000 of the attorneys. So I was all in for 88,000 and I started and I started collecting rent of 7,700. Mm, yes. Yeah. So that gives you how much money did I put in down mm. as a, yeah, over the money that I'm collecting as rent. And mm. that's how you know whether there's money there to be made or not very, very, very quickly without going on to all the detail that Vanille and I have just gone through, right? Yeah. So for me, it's incredibly, incredibly important for us to go through that in the initial yeah. stage. But the other way of calculating how much you put down is, what is the cost of that property? 580,000 yeah. over the money that you, up, oh no, sorry, over, over the income. Rental, yeah, the income times income. 12 months, right? Yes. Over, over a year. So guys, so, should we teach them that one? Yes, the let's ROI? which yeah, is ROI. calculate your per annum income, which is yes. 7,700 times 12. 12. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. It's exactly what Mizo is teaching us, guys. It's yeah. how much am I getting out of this property? How much have I put into put this, in property? this property? Right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. actually, I've always wanted to know this. So this I'm asking for myself, right? Yeah. So when you're doing yeah. the ROI, I'm always confused when we're calculating ROI. Are we doing the money that like we've gotten from, are we adding the transfer costs, the deposits, the everything? We're Absolutely. doing all that in totality. All like, of that, yes. So we're taking How the, much does the deal cost us? Okay? Yes. okay. And that's the English that you must use so that you <laughs> never forget that. How much is the deal costing me? Okay, all of it. All Cost right. of the deal. Like, yeah. guys, I am here. I'm also refreshing, taking notes, even though Mizo works with me on the side yeah, and also all the time. me. Right? All, all We're the here time. to learn. Like, and but that's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's important, and though. It's important. And when your mentor goes and calculates it for you, you will forget how to do it mm. yourself because that annual income, you will have forgotten to annualize it. And then it gives you a funny figure and then you don't understand. The English that says, how much does the deal totally cost me? That is so important because it, it, it makes the number look like, yeah. So remember the ROI also, no? rate yes. of, investment rate of, <laughs> rate of in, return on investment return sorry. on investment return on investment i love that these like, are the perks of being um, of having spent yeah. four years of my life in finance guys is that That's some it. of these things sound normal to me yeah <laughs> i remember so that have you done the, have you done the calculation divided it into the cost of the property not yet because i want to walk through it with you oh so okay the cool. cost of the deal will be five hundred eighty thousand rand that we're getting plus the attorney fees of thirty eight thousand seven hundred ninety seven point fifty. 
So the total will be 618,797.50. That the entire deal has cost us, guys. We put in everything. Yeah. Oh, I forgot refurbishment yeah. costs plus 50,000 Rand for refurbishment. Okay, now this deal is seeming yeah. too expensive for me. I'm sorry. It is. It is. <laughs> 668,997.50. Yo, yeah. things escalate. But what did I tell thing. you? Right? What did I tell you? <laughs> wow, Nizo. So then, guys, to get the ROI, you take the rental yes. income per annum. Yes. Okay? I'm yes. just writing it down, and you guys can write it down. So rental income per annum, which is 92,400 divided by the 668,797 uh, 668, rand, 0.50 cents, and that will give us the ROI. And you guys, which is the return on investment? We've had so many investors come on this show and constantly tell us, well, I won't invest in a deal that's less than 15% ROI. I won't invest in a deal that's less than 22% ROI. So this is literally what they mean. This is what they are calculating. So 92,400 divided by 668,797.50, it gives an ROI of 13.8%, which actually doesn't seem that bad. So, Mizu, we end up with an ROI of 13.8%, but this is what I love about this show again, right, is that... Mm. Most investors will tell you that an ROI of less than 15% isn't great. They're not going to go with that. We mm -hmm. understand yeah. why, right? Yeah. But it's not just about the ROI. If you're looking at the return on investment, 13.8% can look really good. But, and you are positively cash flowing, like Nizo said. But then it's not just about positive cash flow. And it's not just about looking at the return on investment. It is also about looking at the risk factor. Factor. Wow. We are you know? great with this. So oh I'm, I'm really, yeah. <laughs> this and, was fun. And, and, and this is fun. And this is the reason why this podcast exists, mm. that no one gave me the benefits of going through a deal like we are going through. And this is what you get on the Prop Dogma Mentorship event. Yeah. And this is what you get over and over because it's one thing to have done it once. It's one thing to have heard it once, yeah. but it's another when you've got an actual deal and yeah. we go through it and I can ask questions, I can poke holes into it. And I'm like, well, most deals, I don't know about the mentorship that you are in then, but yeah. your mentor will tell you, there's no deal that can't ever work. Yes. As long as buyer and seller actually want it to work, it can yeah. work. You can push it down to 380,000 for all I care, that deal will yeah. work. So, and there's a buyer for every property. There is, there and is. somebody else will buy that deal. It's fine. And there's a sucker at every turn, right? Yeah. Somebody will even come and say, oh, 
See Putin an offer of 500. No, I'll, I'll trump it. I'll give you 610,000. Please be my guest. Take it yeah. at 610,000. I walk away. Yeah. So, right? And it could also so, be that maybe the person, maybe you're the kind of uh, buyer that's coming in and you're saying, this, these rental numbers are too low. I don't care, COVID or no COVID. We're going to double these rental numbers. Now the deal isn't a bad deal. The deal just went all the way up. If we double the rental cost, then you could be that kind of investor that says, I can wait out COVID for two years. I know that after two years, I can double or even triple these rental, this, this rental income. Now the deal makes so much sense. It's lucrative. Totally. Here's another way of doing that. So I teach that to the mentees. I'm like, okay, it needs refurbishment. And you say it looked horrible, but the the, the, the landlord, of course, the seller, they never see ugly in their properties. (laughs) You could could say, you could put a condition in the offer to purchase that I want a vacant property. Mm. It is up to the landlord to give them notices and all seven tenants leave. Mm. Right. And then you come in in December, you do your refurbishments and then you are tenanting and you put up the prices. Now you are charging 2,100 instead of 1,100. It's called forced appreciation. Yeah. You take it at exactly the same number of 580,000. The rental money becomes 2,100 times seven becomes 14,000. You are in the money. You've it's changed the no deal. It's a no-brainer. Now this You've changed deal, the deal has completely changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And this is exactly why you do a mentorship, to show you that a deal can look horrible. You can make the deal better. Mm-hmm. And the deal is not made better by the price only. The yes. deal is made price by the rent. Yes. Here's another here's another method. You yeah. could buy the same deal at 580,000. There are seven rooms. You didn't ask me the size of the stand then. No, I the didn't. Stand. Actually, I yeah. thought about it when before we went on uh, before see? we started recording because I wanted to know Ex- can you build more rooms? More rooms. Yeah. Is yeah. it possible? And you find that is it's possible. So these seven rooms are built but it was, it was, they put a slab on it. The, wow. land, the, the, the current seller has got a slab on four, five of the rooms. So yeah. you can actually go up and put five more rooms, depending on whether the zoning agrees with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's ready for five more rooms. You could invest in five more rooms in another six months after you've yeah. moved in. You increase the rental that way. So a deal is not made bad by the price. Mm. or by the rental. It's a combination of factors. It's a combination. And just, I think what you've just said, Mizo, like what we've just spoken about is that you can go up and build more. You can mm. also um, increase the rental pricing. That yeah. just, like now this deal, after running the numbers and looking at it, I'm like, no man, this deal can be worked on. It's a great it can. deal. Okay. So first, first appreciation, renegotiating pricing, yeah. um, remodeling that place or that house yeah. and putting in more units. And it was on a great stand of 800 square meters. You could put more 
but maybe you need to rezone again maybe not maybe the landlord has rezoned there's all sorts of things i love deal analysis and somehow it calms me down when i know the number that i'm going to and i know when i'm going i'm talking to an arrogant agent sometimes and he she says the seller said no Mm. anyone who comes lower i'm like it's okay can you take my offer to purchase to the seller please yeah i want it so, back written on it yeah. that says no no thanks the lowest number that i will take is the following mm. so let's talk about um let's talk about just that for five seconds because i want us to move into risk mitigation right absolutely guys we thought like this would be a short podcast but we have so much that we love to share on this podcast um we do. so what what we keep seeing um online is how there are agents that are refusing to take offers to sellers like what is that about and what can a buyer do in that case when an agent is absolutely refusing to take an offer to a seller which by the way seems unethical and illegal to me because a the agent is legally obligated to take every offer to the seller it is it is illegal actually it is the mm-hmm. first rule that you learn as an as a real estate agent because mm-hmm. the the board that really uh, governs governs the agent has mm-hmm. got a whole manual yeah. that agents are taught yeah but there are so many agents now i wonder which academy they go to because what <laughs> you do as an agent <laughs> which uh, as an agent you join a principal right you yeah. will join your remax chas average whoever hazemark Yeah. and your principal is responsible for making sure that you go through your manuals yeah. there are modules of an agent yeah. so an offer to purchase guys is a contract yeah. if there's one thing that um all the attorneys have come across um including one of them that had been on our show in episode 6 yeah. i think it was mayor yeah he tells you that there's the power that you have as a, as a buyer yeah. lies in the offer to purchase Yes. Your yes. power begins with the offer to purchase. That's your yes. negotiation tool. It's mm-hmm. a contract. That's the other thing. That's why you initial each and every page yeah. sign at the end and then resign in the seller as well because it's binding. Yeah. So whatever you ask for in the offer to purchase, make sure that it's something that is that you can stand for mm-hmm. and it can stand up in court. You are welcome to scratch the offer to purchase yes you are welcome to put in clauses on the offer to purchase mm. you are welcome to even request certain things on the offer to purchase to say i know that the table that was standing in your lounge in your dining room mm. is not a fixture yeah. and it's not a permanent feature of the house yeah but can we negotiate to have the house come with that table yes that's how much the offer to purchase you own the mm. offer to purchase mm. right mm. you can demand certain things i am signing this offer to purchase on condition that the seller shall do the following you mm. shall fix the roof in room number 2 where i saw the ceiling was falling apart Mm. that's what that's what you do and you yeah. can negotiate certain things you can say signing this offer 
on provision that I'm allowed in the next 14 days to bring in a housing inspector or my contractor so that they can inspect with me my second set of eyes because I am not able to climb on the roof and see the leaks and see whether there was a foundation issue there and whatever. So please, the offer to purchase is your negotiation too. It's a contract and it's probably the only place where you have the power to negotiate. The last tip on the offer to purchase is that you will sign an offer to purchase one day that agrees that if you retract, you are responsible for the agent's fee, even when the deal hasn't gone through. Agents get paid only if a property goes through, only if the property goes through. So read it. And when that clause says the buyer will be responsible for the commission, please go and scratch it out. You have yes. the power. That's the only time you have the power. Sure. So, yep. guys, some super, super powerful things, right? It's a risk mitigation, actually. It's, yeah. it's a huge document. Yeah. And it's a document that I scratch on. I get all the agents very upset. <laughs> I really upset today. <laughs> I know you sure did upset our agent. I you did. were like, I, did. Well, I was taught very well. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. That was yeah. that's been incredible. So, guys, yeah. we're just gonna talk about because uh, there is a lot going on with COVID, right? So, we yeah. wanted to do part of why we wanted to do the deal analysis is because. We understand that everywhere you look, everyone is saying, buy, buy, buy. This is the time to buy. Properties are cheap. They're on the market. So what we've been worried about, and we also have this podcast that is encouraging people to buy, get into property. So we decided, let us do this podcast so that people know, so that we're not just saying property is a great investment, go out and buy. And now you guys can understand what we mean by the numbers and running the numbers and then you can make your own decision and like how we're talking right so that is the deal analysis i feel is the first step of risk mitigation but the second one the next thing that we wanted to talk about was tying up money in a deal for months on end so i've actually been involved in such a deal I just woke up like a few days ago and I was like, no, I can't do this. Like yeah. technically it's not. So tell so- me, tell us why you, you don't, you have found reason. What are the three biggest factors that make you not want to go through with the deal then? Firstly, it's COVID, right? Um I could, we've discussed this and everyone has discussed this, that we could probably push the deal and get funding for it. It's it's not a problem. But then Ah. like we found out that um, there's money in my apartment and it can possibly get up to, so we can possibly get up to 700,000 just on my first property from refinancing, right? Okay. Um, We still have to go through everything with the bank. But then that oh, okay. money would go into the property. It's a building, it's a into development, development, and it would maybe make up twenty percent, uh, make up the twenty percent down payment. Not a problem. Everything Not seems hundred percent so far, right? But here's the thing: wow. is that 
that is money that will be sitting there and the property still needs to be rezoned, right? So we're looking at a few months of transfer, one to three months, oh, like two to three months. No, six to eight weeks, six to six eight to weeks eight for weeks. transfer. So about eight weeks to transfer. Then you're looking at the rezoning. You can't transfer yeah. before you rezone. You can't rezone before transfer has finished. Exactly. So that may take another um, if we're three optimistic, months. another three months. So that's okay. about five months. Then you mm-hmm. start construction. And mm-hmm. even with construction, then you're looking at another month or two of yeah. the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Waiting for the mm-hmm. deal to go through or trying exactly. to make it. To sign up ex- the contractors. Sign up the right contractor and make sure that they are on site on the required date. So that is five months plus two months. So two months, uh, let's say like maybe you're getting the first uh, part of the property done, the first phase done within two months, even then, right? Because we're not sitting around in those Five months, five months, right? With doing things. Yeah. So that becomes seven months of just no money coming into the deal, right? Absolutely. I mean, there are many ways that we can still push this deal and that we will explore. But for now, it's still really, it's one of the things that has made me realize that, oh my gosh, this actually happens in property. So that is seven months of money that we have that can be tied up in a deal for seven months versus seven months of us buying properties and maybe having like four of those months with positive cash flowing properties. So really looking at that and understanding what are the complexities of the deal. Do we want to continue with this deal and right now we're up in the air right yeah we're trying to find ways to maybe continue with the deal but also find ways to unlock this money so that it can very quickly yeah so Uh that we unlock the money to be able to get Uh other properties in the meantime yeah that can be that can bring in some income and i like what you're saying van because this is so incredibly important remember guys when we are dealing with big development companies this is a small deal this is small money they work their numbers and they work the timelines that van is talking about this seven months is worked in and they're like we know that for seven months project number a is not cash flowing but project number b is where the cash is coming from to To cover to to cover for cash for 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 project number a and from cash flow of project number c that's where we eat and we pay the bills right so there are all sorts of risk mitigation so it's not a problem like i said all deals are possible and all deals have got no good or bad. You yeah. just look at your situation. Can you be able to sustain yourself yes. with no income from a building that you've bought? That's all there is. There's yeah. nothing wrong with the deal. Absolutely nothing yeah. wrong with the deal. So I, I like what you, you know, when you go through step just, by step, the periods that you need yeah. and the amount of money. 
then you know how to do the deal or not do the deal. Mm. I like that, Ben. Yeah. No, it's it's very, very interesting because we get to continuously see that, right? So my whole thing that I've been um, worried about is that just the tying okay. up of money. And All right. when will this, um, if we tie no. up money for seven months and there are other deals coming that we want to be part of, what does that mean? moving forward so risk mitigation guys like we've been talking about yeah uh, guys you're guys like every time we do this misa we have to pause a little and her wi-fi has to come back on i mean like i've had my one wi-fi <laughs> episode right i remember <laughs> my wi-fi just decided on that day that it just was not working it refused so, I'm going back to the Northern Cape. I can't deal with this, you know. The, the Wi-Fi was much better there. Anyhow, that's 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 what we talk about when we say you are deal analyzing. Mm -hmm. And deal analysis means environment, mm -hmm. the money, the, the risks that are involved in not having income for seven months. And all, all of those factors are what makes a deal good or not good for you for you because give it to trafalgar and give it to value yeah. property of course it's it's an it's it's such a minor minor thing it's that you a minor deal about. right mm -hmm. it's like a minor yeah. minor deal it's yeah. it is actually extremely interesting to be it is looking at this deal and like playing around with it every so often so yeah mm, yeah it's fascinating so let's talk and, about one um, of your other points around risk mitigation about about risk mitigation guys i am such i'm such a fan of property investment right i'm such mm -hmm. a fan of building wealth and i've just said all deals work and there are people who get excited, for instance, about buying a piece of land. And you mm. can buy a great piece of land. Again, yeah. COVID hits, you've bought a piece of land, you own it already, you've got a mortgage at the bank mm. for that one million rent uh, piece of land where you are going to put up several units. Mm. It's great. Or you're going to put up your 4.2 million rent house. It's great, right? Mm. But COVID hits and at work they say um we are lowering your salaries by 20 or 30 percent it has happened oh. to friends of mine in two corporates okay yeah, it's happening to a lot so of you, people i know as well it has it has they at least still have a job and some income yeah but then that means you are still paying that mortgage rates and taxes on a piece of land that has yeah. been declared as a township you pay rates and taxes. The municipality oh. doesn't care whether you've got a tap or a building. The rates and taxes statement <laughs> will come every A tap or a building. I like that. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's exactly what you put up on a piece of yeah. land. You'll put up a tap so that your builders are able to build. They don't care. Mm. Rates and taxes must be paid. Mm. And if your piece of land is inside of, a, of an estate, mm. a complex where units are, you pay the levies as well. Hmm? So there you are, 2,600 rates and taxes. Um, you are paying 8,000 towards a bond of a piece of land. 
and then you are paying the homeowners association 1200 rents you are all in for over 12000 there's no building there's sure. no income yeah guys so the piece of land a wrong investment maybe no. it just hit you at the wrong time yeah. and it absolutely is yeah. never a wrong time maybe when you sell it because you've held it for about 2 years when you sell it it's not at 400000 anymore yeah. it's at 600000 maybe you can make some profit but i'm i'm just saying risk yeah. mitigation whenever you buy a piece yeah. of land is when am i going to develop mm. exactly yes. the analysis that 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 when vanilla has gone through when am yeah. i going to develop where's that money coming from yeah and can i be able to sustain myself with yes. that development is going on yes. i'm a mentor for beginners and that's why it's a big piece of my mentor to say not piece of land not right now yes. as a beginner start with things that cash that are cash flowing so that your sustenance can come from standing buildings Right. Yes. Cool. I love point. what you've just said. So my my thing around um risk, risk. mitigation, right, is Please. the exit strategy. Often we don't like Absolutely. we buy things we don't have an exit strategy. So you buy the land because no one could foresee the covid, right? Like no, no one in, in our wildest dreams and it's not like usually with the recession you see it coming you can see signs covid was just like boom on all of boom. us guys on everyone it was yeah. just and it was a global thing it wasn't like oh this is hitting one person differently no we we are all in it together right so there's something that we could not have foreseen so do you have an exit strategy for now this investment be it land be it property it doesn't go well covid has hit have you had time to sit down and figure out what your exit strategy could be okay so, cool i love it i love how you put it in there it's it's exactly where it fits in so continue yeah. so my thing so was then, to say mm -hmm. um offline you and i were discussing this nizo we were saying an exit strategy like a really great exit strategy for example is if someone was um doing airbnb right so if you, you had maybe had the guest house that we were deal analyzing like if you had the seven bedrooms and that we were deal analyzing for maybe it was an airbnb an exit strategy could be something as simple as if this airbnb thing doesn't work out then one of the things that i'm going to work on and nizo is frozen again but i'm going to continue <laughs> so one of the things that i'm going to work on in the meantime is i'm going to figure out how to uh do long term rentals right so it could i feel like all that an exit strategy is is how do i pivot in times of um great distress right so we've also had to we've got actually several exit strategies for this deal so if the deal goes through but what are we going to do in those seven months we're looking at several other exit strategies you know which is 
maybe things don't go the way that we planned. What are some ways that we can still make money off of this property? That's all an exit strategy is. And with the land, like, I don't know, like if land is undeveloped, maybe the, uh, the exit strategy, like Nizo said, is to sell the land. Maybe you, you lease out the land. So what I've seen getting done in Sri Lanka when it comes to land is that uh, right now, like Mangala's got land in here in Sri Lanka. And what she's doing is she's leasing out some of her land to people who are interested in food security and farming. So now those people get to farm the land and she gets to collect a monthly a rental income for people using her land and farming on it, right? So there are many ways if um, there are many exit strategies, which is just basically what are you going to, an exit strategy doesn't have to be something complex. It's just like, if things don't go the way that I plan, what other options do I have to keep paying the bills? Okay, so that's me with exit strategies. So Mizo, uh, do you want to share one last, risk mitigation that people should work on? Absolutely. Um, we've spoken about, or we've spoken about the offer to purchase. So here goes what people do when they get into property investment, especially when we are new in property investment. Mm. We almost want to go all over the place. Mm. We almost want to buy everything. Mm. <laughs> but worst of all, is when a person is pre-qualified, Vangile. Mm. When people get pre-qualified, what they tend to do is they look for properties that fit their pre-qualification. Yeah. If you are pre-qualified for 700,000, you don't go and look for properties for 700,000, necessarily, necessarily, unless yeah. they are really big cash flowing uh, properties what i normally say to people you have a look you have three areas or mm -hmm. suburbs that you look at you investigate the three suburbs until you understand and know them well mm. you don't buy you don't go running with your seven hundred thousand and showing it to all the agents they will make you buy those people <laughs> They will find you, they will find you a property for 688000 to buy yesterday yes. because you are pre-qualified for 700000 That means now you don't have money for transfer costs. Now you don't have, now you yeah. do not have the money to tide you over if a tenant moves out or something like yeah. that. So, so it, it, it is just one of those things and it's an emotional yeah. thing that mm. property investment does to you. So part of the part of managing yourself is managing the emotions. Yes. I know it because I'm talking to myself. Yes. So, so I give it to all to all people that I talk to about property investment. Please manage your emotions. Yes. Wow. Okay, Mizo is frozen just for a second, guys. We'll get her back. So, Mizo, mm. we lost you for a little bit. You, you were telling us that if we learn to manage our emotions, basically everything that Wealthy Money teaches <laughs> in the Money Magic That's Course. That's not working. Eh? 
Okay, so Mizo, basically, um, yeah, like you were talking about impatience and managing your emotions. So, yeah, so that's also, I feel like what you were just saying about not being able to manage your emotions and going for everything, that really is the real risk, right? Yeah. Lizo, are you still with us? Okay, guys, I'm not sure where Misa has gone. I think that her internet has finally given up on her. <laughs> it happened. Um, <laughs> I'm back. I'm okay, back. Okay, good. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. Come and tell come. Yeah. So in conclusion, mm. I feel like we've given you guys so much, mm. right? We've given you deal analysis in the show. We've given you there's no internet today. We've um, talked a lot about um, how do you think through a deal? What are some things that you should consider? Things that are coming up for me in the midst of a deal, right? So it just um, it's a super intense process. Um, and I think that we don't talk a lot about deal analysis. Uh, we've never done uh, a podcast on deal analysis before. We've actually never done a podcast where we run through the numbers with you guys. And I really, really hope that you enjoyed this. And I'm speaking on Lizzo's behalf as well, that I know she she really hopes you guys enjoyed this. And I just want to say, Mizo. Mizo's internet has been acting up, so I'm going <laughs> to do what she's had to do for me before and conclude um, the show. But I also just want to say thank you so much to Mizo because she ran us through the entire deal analysis. She just gave us a free mentoring session that she gives to all her mentoring clients right so she's been super super generous with us in this podcast so thank you so much Mizo, for coming through and mentoring us thank you guys for joining us thank you for <laughs> listening to us we hope that you got a lot of value from today's podcast we are hoping that you keep coming back to the podcast today because this podcast is going to help a lot, especially because we will keep hearing people telling us to buy, buy, buy because the prices are low, because it's a multi-let, because it's this, because it's that. With And we won't know if a deal actually makes sense until we run the numbers, no matter how good it looks in every way, always run the numbers. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for being part of the podcast journey as usual. We have another guest for you in episode 62. We go back to our normal interviews. Thank you everyone for joining us. Until next time, I'm saying goodbye on behalf of me and Mizo. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. 
My name is Vanilla Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.